ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. It is Tuesday, the very first day of the month of February. It's the month of Mardi Gras. It's also... The Super Bowl. Senior Bowl underway over there in Mobile. The Saints top officials were busy last night having a little dinner. Yeah, I know you normally would have dinner. It's who they had dinner with, which we'll fill you in here in a quick second. It's also official. Tom Brady announcing via social media he is done, calling it a career. He is officially retired. The Pro Football Hall of Fame Twitter account, like they did with head coach Sean Payton, says they are now eligible for the class of 2027, joining Ben Roethlisberger as well as members perhaps in that class. We'll get some reaction from Tampa Mike neighbors who covered the Bucks for many, many, many years. And of course, the New Orleans Saints for CST is going to join us at 115. Remember, we had him on recently on his release of the Drew Brees book. And I'm just kind of interested to compare and contrast to uh, on the two QBs, his thoughts on it, and also how that city sort of, you know, went through a, a championship run last year and, and such. So we'll talk with him coming up at one fifteen. At 2.15, Eric Alexander won a Super Bowl with the Patriots and was a teammate with Tom Brady. We'll get his thoughts there as well, plus his thoughts on Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, a couple of Tigers, uh, Tyler Shelvin as well. And them going to the Super Bowl and how remarkable that ride has been again this season. Ed Daniels is going to join us next segment, the sports director for Channel 26. We will ask him what I'm asking you guys today in one of our questions of the day. As we got a pair of questions of the day today that I think are kind of interesting to kind of have a little back and forth here. Obviously, one being with... Uh, Tom Brady and how you view it. I, I always found it fascinating in terms of how people, I guess, sort of looked at his career and him. I, I enjoyed, and I think a lot of people sort of enjoyed the personality that came out in, in Tampa, right? Tampa Tom, little little different, having fun on social media. He got to see a little bit more of his personality as well. And maybe perhaps it was because... When you win a lot of championships or when you win a lot, period, some people are just not going to like you for it um, or whatever reason. I don't know. I, I always found it interesting in my house. Like going into last year, going to Tampa, and even before then, my wife will be together 10 years uh, married uh, in July. And I can't not ever remember any time that name came up or <laughs> commercial or video or game. I hate Tom Brady. I'm like, why do you hate Tom Brady? Like, what did Tom Brady do to you? I mean, he barely ever spoke or said anything, really, in 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 New England. He's just smug. I'm like, why is he smug? I mean, he won. I, I, I don't get it. So I never understood it to an extent. Uh, I always looked at him with a ton of respect. And obviously, now that his career is over, a lot of people will sort of look back at it. Many consider him the GOAT. Um, so I kind of want your thoughts and opinions to that, and it's one of our questions of the day via a poll over at ESPN Radio NOLA. Did you root for or against Tommy? And a couple of, you know, answers that Jordan put up there. Did you root for? Absolutely against, as in no matter what. Um, not a fan, but respect. I, I think that probably should win, right? I mean, I there's some people I get that just were not a fan of his or the Patriots or Belichick or they won again. It's Patriots fatigue. I get it. But can you respect the 22 seasons, seven Super Bowl titles? And he's the first player to win an NFL championship in three different decades. Dude played forever. And quite honestly, watching him this year, I think the guy can still play. Now, Tampa's in a transition. Obviously, we talked about that when the season ended and they were knocked out by the Rams as well. It's not going to be the same team that 
he's had the last two years. Gronk, Fournette, a couple of the receivers, defensive players. Like, I, you're not bringing it back. They brought back the Super Bowl team last year. So that's going to be a team in transition. And now, like the Saints, they have to find out who their quarterback of the future is. The Panthers, who's their quarterback of the future? In Atlanta, people are going nuts. What are we doing with Matt Ryan? I, I've been noticing on Twitter, on social media, some of the folks that cover the Falcons yesterday kind of defending Matt going, look, he hasn't had any good defenses. He hasn't had this. He hasn't had that. So they're still in a team that is trying to find their way as well. Look, it's why I said yesterday on the show that I don't understand this national narrative the last week. And again, today is what a week. Senator Sean Payton had his press conference and said, I'm stepping down as head coach of the Saints in that people view like Daniel Jeremiah and others that the Saints, you know, they're in a complete rebuild. I, You have a lot in New Orleans that the other three teams in the NFC South maybe don't have. Again, the team that won and broke up four straight division titles, three straight division titles, four straight division titles, the Saints, Tampa Bay. They just went to Tampa Bay this year. Essentially without an offense. And shut out the Bucks. They didn't get in the red zone. Now again, unless I am missing something, I don't understand the, well, I mean, that defense is still coming back. Most of it, if not a very good portion of it. Like you got to decide what's the market and how much are you willing to resign Quan Alexander, that said. There were injuries at that position this year, and you saw guys like Pete Werner and others step up. What are you doing, Marcus Williams? You franchise tagged him last year, so a big deal's coming there if you want to keep him. Team likes him. But you're set at corner for three to four years. That's kind of an important position. I love Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You're pretty good there. I know PJ and some other guys. You can you find secondary help. I, I'm talking about like cornerstone pieces. Cam Jordan's slow start. Look, I think you can clearly make the argument. Well, when you didn't have a solid starting right defensive end, it affected him. Peyton Turner. Tanel Passanow. And Marcus Davenport. All missed a ton of games this year. With injuries, you name it. When he actually had Davenport back, all of a sudden Cam Jordan finished <laughs> with a strong season, double-digit sacks. Well, he's back, right? You're hoping that David Onyemata is not going to get suspended again for six games. The Saints have a pretty good defensive line. They got a pretty good defense. I think a playoff caliber defense. This is before we make any adjustments, any new deals or signings, any free agency acquisitions, any draft picks. This is just literally what should be coming back. A very good portion. Even if Quan leaves, I think you got depth at linebacker. Even if Marcus Williams leaves, can you find another safety or so? I, I don't think it's a they're not going to stop anybody next year. I, I don't see that. Offense. Gus, you got massive questions there. I, I understand that. Again, you're hoping that the guy that broke NFL records can at least play for you next year. I, I don't know if he's that level. He hadn't played. So it's not like he took a, a ton of wear and tear on his body. I guess if I'm looking at it from a positive standpoint, you're, you're hoping and assuming that he's healed from said injury, the ankle injury. So... And again, Michael Thomas's game isn't the long game. He's not the speedster. He, he's going to get open. Again, I, I keep bringing it up with Taysom Hill at quarterback. No slight to him. I'm just saying, with Taysom at quarterback, not a guy that we think of accuracy, understanding and reading. play. He had a pair of games last year with Taysom Hill in which he had 11 receptions. I, I think you could use that. You have a draft that's stock full of really nice young receivers. You know who I like, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I, but you, you got, you know, you got Ohio State. I mean, you got a, you got some really good, USC's got a solid receiver. You got some good ones. And at 18, you can move up a little bit to go do that. Or you can, you know, address it in the second round. I, I do understand. Hey, what do we do with Teron Armstead? Free agent. Big deal. 
is what he's probably going to be offered by somebody. Are you willing to match that or you're looking for a new left tackle? Do you move Ryan Ramchek? If you remember, played some there a bit when you first got here because of injury and stuff. Do you move him to left and find him, you know, find a right tackle? I, I, there, I, I get those are question marks. The Matador should be back, right? And and I, I left guard. I look. I know he is what he is, but Andres Pete is a starter. It's a guy that this team has depended on. They gave him a big deal. So let's say they're healthier this year. The odds that your starting center is lost on the first drive of the season for several games. But let, let's say that doesn't happen. Let's just say we can have somewhat of a healthier offensive line. Your receiver that set an NFL record is a third or two-thirds of what he was. You find a receiver in the draft or free agency, and all of a sudden Callaway's a nice third or fourth receiver, right? I like him. I mean, Deontay Harris is your speedster burner. That's a package right there. It's not bad when they're your third or fourth or package receivers. When they're your one and two, it was a problem. Well, guess who's your quarterback? Well, that's interesting you asked me that. Because the other question of the day I'm throwing out there, Saints fans, and I want your opinions on this. Brian Flores had dinner with the Saints top officials yesterday. And I told you yesterday, Ian Rappaport said he was going to interview with the Saints. He interviewed with the Texans yesterday as well. Doug Peterson interviewed Sunday. Coming up tomorrow, Thursday, you're going to have, you know, another coach or two, Aaron Glenn, Dennis Allen, and Mike Garofalo, NFL Network, saying special teams coordinator Dan Rizzi will be interviewed at some point this week. He interviewed for the Dolphins this week. So call it yesterday. So you go defense. Again, it's interesting. Flores, defensive mind. Again, the issue in Miami was the offense. Aaron Glenn's defense. Dennis Allen's defense. Darren Rizzi's a special teams coordinator. Doug Peterson, by our understanding, per reports, right now seems to be the only, quote-unquote, offensive-minded offensive guy. So it kind of goes to what we thought a week ago. Where would you go? It makes sense, as I just laid out here in the opening segment, your strength on your football team with the least amount of questions is your defense. Look at what Chicago did. Maybe surprise some folks. Got Justin Fields. Where's the next offensive genius to help him grow? I hear you. But you know what can also help a young quarterback? Not have to win the game on its own. What we saw this year with a lackluster offense and a limited position group at receiver. The Saints were 5-2 and before their starting quarterback blew out his knee in the home game against Tampa with Jameis Winston. And he had not been allowed to just sort of go and, and make the plays. And the offense hadn't sort of looked like that, right? Sean Payton knew his strength. Defense. Make some plays on offense. And he was limited in the offensive position with, you know, at the receiver position. So I don't think that therefore I, I look again, I'm not being a homer. You know me. I, there's a sticky note over there. I said eight wins this season. Beginning of the year when everyone was saying 13, 14, I, I'm not the guy that just says, Hey, they're going to win because, but you tell me, honestly, do you not think they absolutely have at least a shot to win the division next year. I do. Carolina doesn't even know who they are. Who's their identity? What what are they doing? Who are they trying to be? I know the Falcons won here. The Saints beat them there. I think on the field, on paper, the Saints are just as good as those two teams. And who knows what Tampa's going to look like and who's their quarterback. Easiest 
way to get into the playoffs and a sure way to do it is to win your division. It's to say the Saints can't do that. So we're going to speak to Daniels next segment about it, but your homework is this, Saints fans. So we open up the lines again at 1245, and then uh, most of the one in 2 o'clock, I'll only one or two guests each hour from that point. Mickey Loomis, you, you get a chance to send it to him. He puts on Twitter, send me your top three questions you're asking a coaching candidate. Well, what would you have liked that Mickey Loomis had asked already of Doug Peterson, Brian Flores, Dennis Allen coming up? Darren Rizzi coming up, Aaron Glenn. Like, what What are you hoping that Mickey Loomis is asking the first three questions? First three. Is it, who do you envision at quarterback? Is it, what kind of team do you think we are? Do you want to hear right out of his mouth? Second, a guy sits down. Do you think we're a playoff team? Or do you think we need a rebuild? What is your vision for your team? Think about it. I need the first three. The first three questions. You get to sit next to Mickey Mickey's going to go, all right, this is so-and-so, go, ask away. What are your first three questions? Submit them at ESPN Radio NOLA or call us when the phone lines open up here as well. The poll questions out there as well. How did you view Tom Brady? We'll speak with Sports Direct of Channel 26, Mr. Ed Daniels, next. Don't go anywhere in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. I'm going to have to penalize you. at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 gallon backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Galvaloon. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Now let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover, your home for Pelicans basketball. As always, appreciate the time given to me by uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Ed Daniels at WGNO Sports, the way to follow him on Twitter. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, So it, it's been a week. Can you believe it's been a week since Sean Payton oh. officially said he's stepping down, man? Let's just start there. How surprised oh. are you that he did step down as head coach? Uh, you know, a little bit, but, uh, you know, it makes sense. I think he's going to go to TV for a while and, and then he's going to, uh, he's going to resurface. Yeah, I'd say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super surprised, Gus. I mean, I, you know, I just think that, um, you know, the timing's right. And, um, you know, he can, he can go to TV for a little while. I think he does. You know, probably have a, a pretty good idea of what he's doing in television. I've heard some rumors about that already. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Uh, and then after that, I think he's going to be uh, he'll coach again at some point. I think one of the things that's interesting. I was said this yesterday. I I know everyone wants to put him in Dallas already. What about this, Ed? Huh? Chargers. You got Justin well, Herbert, who's young. I mean, really young. Yeah. Say two years, he does TV. Yeah. He'll be what twenty five by the time he gets done with a two year TV deal. Uh, yeah, five billion dollar stadium. Him versus McVay. I, dude, I, the Chargers make a ton of sense. L.A. lifestyle, and you know what? I've seen Breeze a ton this past off season hanging out at the Chargers facility. Him and Herbert going back and forth. So maybe there's a really a, a little connection there already with Breeze and Herbert. It makes sense. The Chargers seems like a really good place for him. Same two years. Well, you know, um, I get all of that, but I don't know if that's a high profile job. You know, um, I, I just think that it's going to be some, something like the Cowboys or the New York Giants. That's a place that he has some history with both of those spots. I don't see him with the uh with the uh with the Chargers. No, maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I, I do see him with a great quarterback though. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think he learned with with, with quarterback is is like here um you know, over the last year. He went from having a Hall of Fame guy to right. four different guys here and <clears throat> you know not that he needed to be reminded, but I think that was an eye opener, don't you? Yeah, no, I I, I agree to to an extent. Um, how do you look at this team moving forward? Because I I think it's one of the three questions. It's one of the questions of the day mm. we threw out there for Saints fans. Mm. What what would you think should be the top three questions Mickey Loomis asks a prospective head coaching candidate? I got to imagine mm. one of those threes Ed, is. How do you view our team? Are we a rebuild? Do you think we're a playoff team? Not a Tampa's retired or Tom is retired in Tampa. I don't see how the Saints aren't at least a team that can compete next year for the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, it's awfully hard to get the right quarterback in the trade market, right? Mm-hmm. Agree? I agree. Ask the Colts. How do you think that went for them? Yeah, I agree. So I think you got to draft a quarterback. You know, I, I just do. I think I think uh, if I were them, I would say, you know what, I want as much uh, research and analysis on uh, on uh, on guys that I think that uh, that might be able to step up and really help us. And um, you know, I just I'm uh, I'm thinking that um, they need to go get a quarterback. And I, and I'm just saying, look, I understand that this draft class isn't highly regarded. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's somewhere in the middle of that first round that you can find <laughs> that you can find somebody that may be able to help you tremendously. What about Desmond Ritter? I mean here's a guy at Cincinnati, Cincinnati who's right? yeah, he's six four. He's played very well. He completed almost sixty five percent of his passes this year. He started forty nine games and to me experience is a big part of it. But you know, you've got to solve got to solve that quarterback um, issue. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, right? Well, the pick QB, um, you know, the hand size thing going on there. Matt Corral, we saw him in the SEC. I don't uh, know if they'll be available around 18 or you can move in, say, 12 to 18. Do they get out of the top 10? Because it depends. Does Carolina take a quarterback? Does Atlanta take a quarterback? And, you know, there's always a team, Ed, that may not – that we right now don't see taking a quarterback in the top 10. Maybe they pull the trigger and do that. And all of a sudden there's a run, uh, from those instances. But of all the available QBs, is Ritter the one that you think best fits? Uh, well, he's the one who might be available in that, in that slot too. Okay. You know, here's the thing that, that I like though, Gus. I think you have to take a quarterback who has a lot of starts in how, in college. I think you've got to, you've got to take a guy that has a pretty big size, sample size. Now, if you pass on Ritter, then I think you're going to be back to, you know, could you be back to Taysom and Jameis again? Yes. I don't. Is is that what you want? Right. I mean, look, no. it's it's not. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a dilemma. I'm not saying it's easy, Gus, but. Until you get that figured out, you can't be an elite team anymore. Would you agree? Um, I think you have seen case in point 
Ed, what an elite quarterback will do for you in Cincinnati. Two years ago, two yeah. wins, his confidence, the, the fact that everyone diagnoses his plays, whether it's Arlovsky on ESPN or, you know, Baldinger uh, on Twitter, and the fact that he can beat you pre-snap, Ed, is the key, right? I mean, look, arm talent, escapability, run, the fact that that guy can beat you and knowing what you're about to do, that's the key to me. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that I don't see with Taysom. You know, your, your years, if at all, he's going to be that guy. Jameis can maybe read a little bit better, erratic at times. But, yeah, I, look, I'm with you. I, those two guys might be good enough for you to win the South, but can they compete with the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the AFC? That's how I keep looking at this. You know, the Rams, the Rams went out, and they paid a pretty high price for Matthew Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. Does it look like it's worth it? Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy was, you know, the guy was, the guy was, um, was treated at times pretty harshly by the media for what happened in Detroit. But I think you're finding out that, you know, he was a victim of circumstance. I, I put the first part of Matthew Stafford's career a lot like Archie Manning's career. He was with on a, on a franchise that didn't win any games. Wasn't his fault. So, Man, I, I just think that it's harder and harder and harder and harder and harder to win without a really good quarterback. I think that's a really it's a really difficult thing to do. Now, the Saints do have a good young roster still, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, they still have a good young roster. But do they have a um do they have a roster that um you know that that can win a Super Bowl without quality quarterbacking, and I think the answer to that is probably no. Now they do have a good roster and they've drafted very well, right. but I mean, look, you know, go back and look at the only thing I would say is go back and look at Drew Brees' numbers in 2020 before he got pounded into the ground against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Look at what he did, Gus, from week two to about week nine. And I might be off a week or two, okay? But remember, they trailed against the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. 14 nothing early. They scored touchdowns on five straight possessions. You need a guy like that. And, you know, we've been spoiled because for all the years, including the head coach, we've had a guy like that. Yeah. We no, don't have you. that guy anymore. So, you know, I mean, look, it is what it is, Gus. I just think that if I, if I were the general manager, if I was Mickey Loomis, I'd, I'd tell my scouts, you know, let me know if there's somebody in this draft that we think can be the guy. Because we need to go out and get that guy. Well, what's interesting, you look at the, the senior bowl, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Carson Strong are all there. Matt Corral's the only one that's an underclassman. So everybody's going to get an up close and personal look at really essentially what everybody considers the top quarterbacks this week over Mobile in the senior bowl. Well, we are, uh, you know, and I think it's a, it's an, an unusual, uh, an unusual crop in that regard by having all those guys at the senior bowl. But you know what, Gus? You got to have that guy. I keep going back to it. Look, the Colts thought they could resurrect Carson Wentz's career. What happened in the last two games of last year? He played very poorly. Right? Mm-hmm. They missed the playoffs. I mean, look, I'm I'm just going. I'm look. I'm looking at the AFC playoffs. You know, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat either Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow every year. One of those guys is going to be in it. Would you say? Yeah. Or maybe oh, just that's or maybe Justin Herbert. Justin okay. Herbert. I mean, right. that game against the Raiders in the last <clears throat> game of the season, man, that guy, you're not out of a game right. with that right. guy. So, yeah. Right. And, and, you look, know, and Derek Carr. On the, on, on the second tier is Mac yeah. Jones, who is going to make a big jump forward next year as a quarterback. Watch and see. Mm-hmm. So, and, and like I said, uh, one of the things that's interesting, too, is Josh McDaniels moving over to the Raiders, you know, with Derek mm-hmm. Carr. I mean, I, look, I mean, the AFC is loaded. Man, when you look at it from that perspective. So, yeah, to your point, give me somebody that's comparable uh, or can make some plays here in the NFC, and, you know, you can uh, make some headway there. It's, looks like we lost Ed there towards Maybe he got too excited about quarterback and hung up on us. Uh, buddy, try to give him a call back there for a quick sec so we can tell him bye. 
But it is interesting that you look at the senior bowl there and Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Carson Strong from Nevada, all going to be there this week at the Senior Bowl. So Mike Triplett's going to join us either on Thursday and Friday, and we will talk with him uh, about what we see over there with the quarterbacks or, or you know, staying uh, sticking up uh, there as well. And what do we see from them? And do they go there? It would be interesting to see the same. I, I, I just I think that is easily, right, one of the top three questions that Mickey Loomis is going to ask a perspective candidate. Who who do you envision, you know, being that quarterback? Yeah. Makes sense to hey, me. Gus. Yeah. Hey, buddy. You back? I'm yeah. back. You're yeah, back. You got, you got too excited on me and hung up on us. Yeah, that's what I, but I was thinking about the Cubs <laughs> losing a hundred games this year. Well, you know, here's the, the thing. Can now they really be out of it this year if there's no baseball? There's no <laughs> new deal as of February 1st. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. You know, right, look, Gus, look, yeah, look, to me, to me, look, you got to find that guy. I mean, look, ten, what happened what Tennessee-Cincinnati game? Burrow was sacked nine times, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't throw an interception, though. He didn't turn the ball over. Protected the football, right? Tannehill threw three. They were very costly. Would you agree? No, I agree, 100%. Yeah, so um, there you go. So, um you know, it's just, uh, it's just, you gotta, you gotta find that quarterback. I think it's very hard to get somebody to trade you that quarterback. You know, the Saints are lucky with Breeze because Miami failed him on his physical. If they don't fail him on his physical, he's probably in Miami. And you're looking at the, the direction of two franchises, uh, changing tremendously. <clears throat> so, there you go. I mean that that's it. And um I, I just think you gotta find that guy and you gotta find him soon because you know Ryan Ramchek has already played he's already played five years in the league. Yeah. Lattimore's played five years. Camara's played five years. Uh Marcus Williams has played what? five years? Was he in that same draft? I see what you're getting at, yeah. Okay, I mean, Davenport is in... Look, you got it. You got a whole bunch of guys, 27 and younger, mm-hmm. who are in the prime of their career right now. You've got to find that guy. Now, if it's not if it's not drafting one, then do you go out? Do you, do you try to get Aaron Rodgers? Do you try to pry Russell Wilson away from Seattle? You just got to be able to find that guy. Because I think that the Saints have a lot of other pieces in place. They do. You know, you don't have you don't have a winning record this year with all the things that have happened to the Saints. All the place kickers, all the quarterbacks, all the injuries, COVID. Because look, if if they don't have COVID against Miami, they probably win that game. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. Right. So so they so they would have gone from five and seven to ten and seven, and that was the same record as Cincinnati. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. So to me, what this year showed me more than anything is that the Saints do have a quality roster. Got to have a quarterback. Receiver don't know what helps there as well. No, I What's hear that? you. Receiver helps too as well, and you're assuming that Michael Thomas. Right, comes and you know what? You can, way. and this is a good year for free agent receivers. You can go out and sign one of those guys. This uh-huh. is a good year for. This is a deep crop of free agent receivers. Or maybe you draft one in the second round. But you I know agree. what? Got to have a quarterback. Right, I don't know so, how many times uh, I can say it. You said it a handful of times. Got to have a quarterback. Got to have gonna, a quarterback. I'm going to jot mean, it down. Yeah. I'm going to uh, jot uh, it down. Uh, Ed Daniels says, please go get a quarterback. At WGNO Sports is the way to follow you over on Twitter. Thanks for your time today, sir. Always a pleasure. Yep, for sure. Take care. Quick break. We come back. Jake Madison. We will talk about the Pels. They lost their fourth straight last night. 93-90 in Cleveland tonight. They take on the Pistons right here in ESPN New Orleans. 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. We'll talk with Jake next on ESPN New Orleans. 
is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Dominique Foxworth with us now in studio. What's wrong, man? Neek, you not used to this? No, I'm not. I'm not built like y'all. You guys love it. It's not about the money, Max. You must love this. No, no, it's about the money. Show me the money! I'm sure it helps, but y'all all <laughs> got so enough stupid. to not do this if you don't want to. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio. Come on, get it. What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Max Sports Hangover Pelicans dropping their fourth straight last night. It was a very nice performance go by one player in particular. Hell's on the move. Alley-oop! Nikhil Jackson Hayes staring at their bench again. Reverse dunk for Hayes. Hayes finished with 19 points. Pels do drop it though. 93-90. Uh, a rough fourth quarter to say the least as they drop their fourth straight there in Detroit tonight to help me, um, I guess get a, a perspective as to what I'm seeing with this team. Mr. Jake Madison, you know, at Nola Jake's a way to follow on Twitter. Mr. Locked on Pills himself. Jake, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Gus. Fifth straight game. Brandon Ingram didn't play as he continues to heal up from an ankle injury. This team plays hard. Jackson Hayes had what his career high last night. I mean, it, but. In the NBA, Jack, Jake, it's so hard to not have "quote unquote" your all star or franchise players, man, and and win, right? You know, yes and no. Certainly, not having Brandon Ingram in there kind of changes the game, and probably our expectations for what to expect, right? In a matchup like that against the Cleveland Cavaliers team, that is frankly pretty good. Not having Zion Williamson all season long is definitely going to change kind of the complexion of this team and what we expect going into certain games. But then you go and look at them in last night's game, and it's kind of been their hallmark of the season, right? Right. Down whoever, they're going to go out, they're going to compete, they're going to fight for head coach Willie Green. It's just they don't really have quite enough to get it done. Like they, They could have won that game yesterday. But the problem is... You know, they don't have the shooting or they don't have the defense at times or they don't have closers down the stretch and they struggled really late in the fourth quarter. The middle of the fourth, they were up eight points at one point and they let that lead really slip away just due to poor execution. There's a talented team here. Deep down under kind of that like level of crud we've seen at times from them, there's a talented team here that can compete. It's just not enough to win very many games and that's partially why you're seeing them you know, on a four-game losing streak right now. But it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're just missing their star players. They're just missing something else, and, we're, and they're still trying to kind of piece that together and maybe going to address that at the trade deadline. Right. And I think one of the things that you've been pointing out as well is a problem that we've had here for some time, three-point shooting, man. It's crazy. The league that it, it almost seems on a nightly basis when we watch them play any team – Everyone has three-point shooting, and the Pels 
just can't seem to get that consistently. You brought up one thing specifically in your tweets as well. It's it's not like they're not getting the looks, right? And is that sort of a misconception that some people believe, hey, when Zion gets here, the threes will be more open and stuff. That's not what you're seeing, is it? No, and, and so that's, that's something that I've, I've been saying all season long on the podcast is I've seen people kind of try and rationalize why maybe they're not a good three-point shooting team. And it's a lot of people thinking they're going to get better quality looks when Zion's out there. And look, to a degree, yes, right? Like he commands a lot of attention. You see double and triple teams on him down low because teams are terrified of him going out and scoring. And that means people are going to be open. But NBA teams in general, not just the Pelicans, do not take contested three-point shots. That's just not how it goes. You're not going to shoot a three if a guy is right on you because it's easier to block those kind of shots than it is a big man at the rim able to kind of shoot over a lot of people. You have a lesser arc on these at times, things like that. So the Pelicans are shooting almost 88% of their threes are open or wide open, meaning no defender is within at least two feet of the shooter. They're just bricking those and missing those, and it says something about these players. Yeah, they'll maybe that number might trick up a little bit when Zion's out there, but if you're already taking 88% of your threes that are open and wide open, it's not going to change much because this team is still at the bottom of three-point shooting even when they're taking mostly open looks. So when they look to try and address that, you have to look at it in terms of a player perspective and get the type of player that can make open threes, spot-up threes, or get their own shot off the dribble. And that is right. something that the Pelicans do not have on this roster right now. They have guys that can hit open spot-up threes. They're just bricking right now, and it's a bit unfortunate. The timing all at once sometimes happens. But they do not have someone who's capable of getting their own shot off the bounce. And I think that's why you've seen a guy like C.J. McCollum's name come up a lot. One, he's available potentially from the Portland Trailblazers when we look at trade targets. He's one of the few that's a realistic one, I think. And when you look at him, about 34% of his three-point attempts are unassisted. Or sorry, his makes are unassisted, meaning he has the ball in his hands, he's dribbling, he's dribbling, he realizes he's got some space from the defender, he's going to jack it up and shoot it. No one else on the Pelicans can do that for comparison's sake. Their leader in terms of unassisted three-point makes is Devontae Graham, who's only at 25%. So it's an 11% difference. So he certainly adds an element of offense that the Pelicans would are desperately missing right now as they need to generate some threes just to keep up with other teams throughout the league. It's a very good point, and, and that's what I was going to ask you. As we get closer now, we are in the month of February, and the 10th is that trade deadline. I, I guess it's almost one or two ways I can sort of look at this, and that's why I'm asking you. The big old splashy move or something, I guess McCullum is a name, right? That's for sure that you can go do that as well. But is it almost difficult to try to make certain moves because, Jake, you haven't had Zion on the court? You don't know how the rest of this roster plays with him? Or do you sort of make moves with the assumption of what it would be like with Zion? You know, I think you don't need to prioritize fit right now, right? The team is 18 and 32. Last season with Zion healthy for the majority of the year, they were 31 and 41. Okay. I think right now the Pelicans still need to be looking to simply add talent to the roster rather than trying to tweak and refine what they already have. What they already have isn't leading you to win and hasn't been particularly good even last season when they had an unbelievably healthy year. Simply put, you just need more talent on the roster. So if you can go out and get a talented player, whether that's C.J. McCollum or someone else, you do it regardless of fit, and then you can tweak and refine and try and get people into the right kind of roles. But that's something that you do after you have the right pieces. And I think when you look at this right now, particularly with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, let's say, not kind of taking that step forward and being the guy that they needed, that offensive threat, you need to go out and get that. There's not a ton of those guys that are going to be available. Due to the playing tournament, there's far more buyers than there are sellers. So you've got to kind of take what you can get to a certain point. But I do think C.J. McCollum is a good player and would make a lot of sense for him. And look, adding a guy who can get you 20 points, has elite three-point shooting, that's going to work around Zion. I don't mm -hmm. think you need to overthink it necessarily and wonder about fit. Three-point shooting around a big man is certainly what you want in the modern NBA. That's a guy that can go out and provide it for you and is probably going to be available at a reasonable price. 
So other than McCollum, let's say that doesn't happen, Jake. What else would you highly recommend David Griffin do before the 10th or on the 10th? You know, there's a couple of other things you could look at. I laugh because I think there's a couple of guys on Portland that actually make a lot of sense for New Orleans, and then I'm kind of wary of trying to go after guys like that, right? Portland itself is not good. They're 21 and 30, and I laugh because I had a listener message me a question where he created a trade for three of the top five minutes getters on this Portland Trailblazers team. And I'm not sure if importing three guys on a team that's 21 and 30 is exactly going to be the answer for the Pelicans who are 18 and 32, right? Mm -hmm. But a guy like Norm Powell, who's young, who has positional versatility, who's a good enough three-point shooter, and is more of a straight-line attacker at the rim, put pressure on the hoop, could certainly be an answer for New Orleans. I think he's a guy that would fit. I don't know if my next one here is going to make me the most popular person, but they need to also consider calling the Washington Wizards and inquiring about a guy like Kyle Kuzma. He's been a bit of a revelation there this year in his fifth year in the league, playing really well, playing as kind of a second guy, third guy there. He shot the three ball, not amazing, but relatively well. But if you need some instant offense, he can certainly give that to you. He's a guy that might be available given that you've seen the Washington Wizards really start to go into kind of a tailspin over the past month or so. They're on a five-game losing streak right now, too, and it feels like they really just need to blow it up, start fresh, maybe even move a guy like Bradley Beal, probably not this year. Those are the type of moves I'd be looking at. You know, the Pelicans need some more offense, and we don't know if Zion's going to be playing or not this year. And so they want to get into the play-in tournament. You're not going to do that when you're scoring 90 points very often like they did last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jake, final thoughts. When when you look at this team and – I, I yesterday was saying I I think we're going to see Zion this month. I I that's just me. I we are past the four to six week mark, um, and I gave him like three extra weeks. I, I'm targeting like February 25th, the Friday after the All Star you know game. I I don't know why I wouldn't see him on the 25th based off of everything else, right? Do you think we see him this month on the court? I'm not going to be as optimistic as you are about it. I like what you're saying there. That sounds great. I don't know if that's going to be the reality of the situation. I believe we're going to get an update almost any day now. You know, I've heard it might be as early as today. I thought it might have been yesterday, too. We'll see. I have no idea, to be honest, what is going to be in that update about him. But, look, if he is going to be playing soon that's a good thing it's only going to help new orleans i'm in favor of if it's possible to play him even if it's only five games this year and just get him out there on the court and get him some nba action that's what you want to see mm-hmm. so we'll see but i'm i'm not as optimistic as you are about that one <laughs> well you can always hope right Jake? <laughs> hey, look there's nothing it's, it's early on in the week we don't I need know. to be sad and depressing yet or anything like that so i like the approach you're taking I just want something positive. It's been a week since Sean Payton said adios, muchachos. And I just, you know, then Zion puts a picture of him dribbling the basketball in the center court. I mean, give me something. You know, I just want something to look it's forward usually to. Usually we wait till the off season to read a lot into social media and yes. things like that. I think I remember when you, you texted me one day and we're like, boogie, boogie, put something on Instagram. Can you come on the show and break this down with me? We're doing this in the middle of the season. Okay, yeah. things things have progressed a little bit in the NBA. <laughs> if there's one thing that helps, Jake, it is February, which means it's Mardi Gras time. So maybe we'll be so busy with parades and beverages and king cake that, you know, we'll get to March like, oh, that's right, Zion and the Pelicans. So that's maybe um, I'll feel like that, I guess, you know. Look, if they were going to dump some bad news, you know, you'd have probably wanted to have done it the weekend after the Sean Payton announcement <laughs> right. when everyone was focused yeah. on other things. So maybe, and this is me reading too much into sure. it, maybe it'll be positive news. But I'm not going to go there just yet. Okay. At Nola Jake's the way to follow Jake over on Twitter. Locked on Pelicans, the podcast. As always, appreciate the time, Jake Madison. Thank you, buddy. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Gus. Yeah, for sure. Quick break. We'll bring in the intern, see if there's any other storylines going on. Yes, Tom Brady's made it official. Seven Super Bowls, 22 seasons. He calls it a career. We'll go over a couple of the questions of the day here as well. It's the sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Hey, hey, my friend. 
friends, it's Dana DeFran Frilo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that our and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Hey, Ray Maliazzi here. I don't know about you, but my car could use a few upgrades. I mean, the 8-inch tear in the driver's seat does have sentimental value since my butt has molded to fit it, but I'm ready to move on. My solution? eBay Motors. They've got all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them, from seat covers to whole new seats. When I get that new seat, I think I'll put the old one in the living room, right next to the minivan seats, or as we call it, the sectional. eBay Motors. Let's ride. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. It is The Sports Hangover. Buddy, back over in the Laurel Studios. We'll take your phone calls. 800-998-1003. And there he is. I can already see you have the school look on your face here via Zoom as I welcome Jordan, the intern, back. Excited to be going back today, bud? Hmm? No. You're in February. In the month of February, you yeah, only have I can't what? I believe January flew by really quick. Yeah, you got this month, then March, then April, and basically it's time to graduate. It is. That's it. Yes. That's it. 800-998-1003. We'll mix in your phone calls here as well. Jordan, go over the questions of the day for us. Yeah, we have two questions of the day, Gus. You already touched on both of them um, at the beginning of the show. But the first one is the sports hangover poll question. With Tom Brady officially retiring, did you root for or against Tommy? There's four answers that you could choose from. Rooted for, absolutely against, not a fan, but respect. I'm TV, TB12 for life, baby. Right now, currently leading the way at 51% is not a fan, but respect. That's that's the one that I would choose to, that I chose as well. Um, you can vote on that poll at ESPN Radio NOLA over on Twitter. And the other question of the day, Tuesday's question of the day, Saints fans, what three questions are you asking each coach candidate during the interview process? Comment or call in 800-998-1003. Mm-hmm. Or again, comment over on Twitter at ESPN Radio NOLA. We got Craig from Duloc, and then, of course, Chris is going to join us here as well, so we'll mix it in. Craig, thank you for calling the sports hangover. What do you got for us, bud? Hey, real quick, Gus, before I start on the Saints, I just want to give a shout-out to Jonathan Gidrick from Dulac. You know, he had the world title fight the other night, and he really uh, made us all proud down here. Congrats, bud. Are, are you aware of that? No, I wasn't. Okay, well, he had a WBA uh, World Championship fight against Trevor Bryan the other night and uh, lost in a split decision. Boy from Dulac. But anyway, Gus, uh, let me tell you what I really call. I heard the conversation you had with Ed, Ed Daniels. And uh, let me just say this. I agree with Ed. We need to find a quarterback. But my opinion is he's not in this draft. Uh, If we can find out a way to acquire someone and – you know, with, 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 with the reasonable cost, but I, I just can't see it, Gus. Uh, I looked at some of the highlights. Look, and I'm not, I'm just a guy, all right? I'm a fan. I don't know anything about quarterback mechanics, but I looked at some highlights of all this year's quarterbacks. I didn't see anything that impressed me, especially Kenny Pickett. I saw a lot of 
his completions where the receivers had to actually reach back and catch the ball, you know, and things like that. And I, I didn't see a lot of pinpoint accuracy or anything like that in his game. And uh, but I just want to I just want to say that I don't think the answers in this year's draft. Why why we want to spend a first round pick on a guy that really doesn't have a high ceiling, so to speak? Any of them? I think that's the thing that. You have to think about, right? When it comes to, do you pull the trigger at 18? Do you move up? Do you go see it? That's why I think this week's going to be interesting, Craig. Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Carson Strong. They're all at the Senior Bowl this week. So everyone's going to get a really hands-on look at these guys. And does it translate or not? So, Craig, let me ask you this, because it's one of our questions of the day, as you just heard Jordan say. Is quarterback, in your thoughts on a quarterback, one of the top three questions Mickey Loomis needs to be asking all of these head coaching candidates? Is that, is that the number one question you're asking? Or is it a team base? Like, what is the, what are your top three questions you think Mickey Loomis needs to ask Brian Flores, Doug Peterson, Dennis Allen, you name it? I'm not sure if one of those questions would have to be specifically quarterback. I'm just looking at his, 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 I mean, if you want an offensive guy, what's his philosophy and things like that. Bottom line, I think Kansas City shows this, Gus. You need playmakers. How, you know, how, you know, look, I'm not saying it wouldn't be an improvement, but then let's take Tyreek Hill and the rest of the crew out there in Kansas City and give them the New Orleans Saints ride receivers and tight ends, and let's see the numbers that Mahomes would put up. Yeah, I'm looking sure. for playmakers, Gus. No, well, you need that. That is for sure. Um, but that's why I'm, I'm wondering, like, what what would what would be the number one question Mickey Loomis needs to ask? Because again, you got a good defense. Um, you have questions on offense, but so I mean, wh- what what is it? What what do you think, Mickey Loomis? They sit down. Here's Brian. Brian, nice to meet you. You shake hands. You do some pleasantries. How's the fam? Nice trip. Whatever. What is the first question you're asking a head coaching candidate? My first question is, what's your vision? You know, your philosophies and your vision. And, and uh, are you the uh, an organizational type that can pull your vision off, more or less, to speak? Do you have the organizational skills and the leadership skills to pull off that vision? That'd be my question. All right. Thank you, Chris. I mean, Craig, appreciate the phone call, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank you for the uh, the tidbits here on, on the local boxer there as well. Um, Chris, we've got three minutes until the top of the hour, so let's co- sort of make it quick and then, Jordan, I'm going to ask you for your take here as well. Chris, thank you for calling the Sports Hangover. What you got for us, man? Hey, thanks for t- taking my call. I, I... First thing I wanted to talk about really was the uh, Pelicans. Uh, I think you had a guest on, and um... – and I think he did an excellent job with setting it up for him. Uh, I know he's the expert. He knows more than I will ever know. Uh, but he seemed like he, he didn't exactly uh, uh, agree that without stars, and particularly in the NBA, when you're missing 20% of your team or whatever, and the 20% are stars, that it's a difficult. So I don't know, maybe it was my understanding, but it seemed like he was trying to act like, well, they should still be able to win. And I'm trying to figure out what team is still able to win without their star. Can you help me with that? Or is it just yeah, me? no, I, I'm with you. I, I think, Chris, what, what Jake was, was trying to relate to, too, is you're, you, you still have to have some thing that can sort of help that even with those guys, right? Because obviously... Look, and I think you'd agree with me on this. If there's any team that is losing their top player for the year or what have you, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you look at last year, and this year they started out differently, but Golden State lost Clay Thompson at the beginning. And it literally took what Jordan Steph Curry to have, you remember, like, you know, 20, 30, 40 point games in order to sort of do that. But that's what I'm saying. You sort of have to have to do that. It, I'm with you, Chris. It's hard to win without superstars and stars. I think what he's saying, though, is whether you have Brandon Ingram, Zion, LeBron, even he needs a three-point shooter. Even he's going to need a guy that can play defense. Even he's going to need 
some sort of bench help and things of that nature. And that's, I think, what he's focusing on is that there's so many little deficiencies in there that I think a lot of people feel like that the other guys may overcome it, that it, it's still an issue. Chris, I hear um, the top of the hour music. I hit the break. But thank you for the phone call, man. I appreciate it. Jordan, when we come back, I'll ask you, what would you want Mickey Loomis to ask? First three questions. First three questions. Not three of the ten. One, two, three. We'll talk to them, uh, to Jordan next. When we come back to Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. 